We all think about what we eat. We plan our meals or count carbs or do any number of other things when it comes to what we put in our bodies. But do you ever think about the flavor of what you consume? Sure you do. What we eat or drink either tastes good or it doesn't. In fact, taste is the number one consideration in what we consume. There's more to it than just like or dislike. And there's even a whole industry dedicated to it. Flavor is memory. Flavor is feeling. Flavor is science. Flavor is art. Flavor is McCormick Flavor Solutions. I'm Corey Doucette, and welcome to our Flavor University podcast, where we explore the science, artistry, and industry behind flavor. Sustainability is much like a legacy. It's planting seeds in a garden that you may never see grow. It's taking responsibility for our words and actions, sometimes on a global scale, and making a commitment to make a positive difference. Today's guest is Chief Sustainability Officer at McCormick, Michael Okorafor. We are going to be discussing, and more importantly, listening to how we can take care and take action as a company and an individual when it comes to sustainability. Good afternoon, Michael. How are you today? I am doing very well, Corey. And how about yourself? I'm great. Thanks for joining us today. We're really excited to talk about this topic today. Very, very heavy, very important topic for us. So why don't we start at the top like we always do and ask you who you are, what you do for McCormick, and what brought you here to us today? Absolutely, Corey. As you said, I am Michael Okorafor. I am the Chief Sustainability Officer for McCormick, responsible for all our strategies related to what we call a higher-order sustainability or purpose-led performance. And I drive that across the entire enterprise, from our infrastructure to factory to procurement to the sourcing communities and the way we live our lives. That's really my job here at McCormick. Let's talk about sustainability. So give me a definition, give me a scope. What are we talking about here in this podcast? So the simplest way to view sustainability is if you can appreciate it this way. It is about meeting the needs of the present day generation without compromise the ability of the future generation to meet their own needs. It's that simple, meaning we've got to preserve this planet while enjoying the benefits that we derive from it so that future generations, children, grandchildren, and those yet to be born can really meet their own needs in the future. That is as simple as it gets with sustainability. And what is your connection to sustainability? What makes this so interesting for you? Why did you choose this as a career? It's uh, very simple. I was born into it. I was born in a farming community in the eastern part of Nigeria. My mom was a subsistence farmer, and I wouldn't be here today if she didn't make enough money as a farmer to send me to an all-boys Catholic boarding school that changed the trajectory of my life. You have to recognize that most of the farming communities where we source our things don't have free education. So it is important as we want to think about future generations that we build so that those future generations will benefit from what we're doing today to realize their own dreams and needs in the future. That's how I came to it. And they became obvious to me that this is the best place to be. And today, my comic has really epitomized what I call sustainability first. We call it purpose-led performance. And to define what that means, what it means is simply doing well by doing good. Or if you want to put it in business terms, it's about really delivering top-tier financial performance while doing the right thing for our people, our communities, and the planet we all share. That's an enduring sustainability. Amazing. 
Absolutely amazing. So, I mean, some people say, you know, I was born to do this and you literally mean it. That's incredible to me. So how, let's talk about how we hold this up. How do we frame sustainability? Are, are there pillars involved? What's the approach that we take to sustainability? Absolutely. For McCormick, we actually, there are three strategic pillars, but I'm going to put it in a different terms. Uh, most people will say it's all environmental, but it is not. Environmental is one piece of it, but the other things are social and another pillar is economic. They're all intertwined. And as I said, you can do well by doing good. And that is how we approach it. So let me take it to the next level, which is we have adopted a holistic approach to really drive sustainability. All three pillars must be taken into account when tackling the world's biggest problems. In fact, one of the things that I would tell you is this is not an individual journey. This is a collective journey. And so at McCormick, one of the things you will find out is that we drive collaboration with government, with other businesses, with NGOs, with, with civil society as a whole. And that is really a collective work to create change. In fact, one of the reasons that you would know that McCormick keeps getting recognized because of what we're doing. I'll give you one simple example. We created what we call Supplier Leadership on Climate Transition in partnership with Mars and PepsiCo in 2021. Today, there are 20 CPG companies involved, and the intent is to have suppliers plan for the future, making sure they're pursuing this climate agenda that will make sure we do not damage the, climate, the, the environment for our children. And we have over 652 suppliers now that are part of it, that supply to all of us. One thing about this collaboration, this is a clear case of co-opetition, collaborate to compete. What does this mean? That we can partner with even our competitor to ensure that we safeguard the planet for future generations. That's what I mean by that. And how, how do you convince these other people these other companies to, to join you? Are, are we at McCormick, are we leading these people in, in this effort? Is this, you know, something that they turn to McCormick for assistance with? Our suppliers do, but the CPG companies have similar programs. It's just that in order to make an impact at scale and impact the whole world, we all have to work together. It's a pre-competitive space that doesn't require any one company to win and the other one to lose. Because if we win and other companies uh, lose, it's a lose-lose situation. There is only one planet. And so what we've done, we are, I do like, the word I like to use is that we're a convener of this important journey to save, safeguard the planet and the society that we live in. And so that's how we partner with like-minded CPG companies like PepsiCo, like Mars, and now you've got other companies, Coca-Cola is part of it, you know. So it is really growing. And I think that's what we need to do to safeguard uh, our planet and to really create a better future for our, our children and grandchildren. You know, and our listeners can't see us, obviously, but I will say when I'm watching you speak about this, there's a fire, there's a passion there that just, I mean, it's radiating through my computer screen right now. But I, I mean, so good to hear this kind of information from a firsthand account. So we've been really talking about, you know, companies and what our companies can do. Let's bring it down to the individual. Can you tell me, you know, what, you know, contributions can anyone be doing to live a more sustainable life? Absolutely. 
That is critical, actually. That's foundational. We have to have everybody engaged as individuals, as families, as relatives. And one of the things that we're talking about here is, you know, to, to really think about you as an individual making contribution on how we can more sustainably live in, in, in this world. So I call it sustainable lifestyles and positively impacting the planet. Simple things like, how are you washing your clothes? How do I dry my clothes? Do I have to use electricity to dry? Can I sun dry it outside? Things like that. Do I turn off water when I'm not using it? Do I turn off electricity when I'm not using it so that uh, you, know, you don't have to use a lot of energy? Am I reusing things? If you, you can see in my office, I drink coffee every day. I use something that I reuse. I drink water. I use something that I reuse. I clean it up and I use it. It's very important that we start asking those questions. Are we recycling effectively? Instead of throwing everything in the trash that goes into landfill, soon we won't have anything left in, the, in our environment because we have landfill everywhere. So how do we prevent that? Recycling. So that we can recycle and reuse and repurpose things, that's very important. Banana skin, uh, for example, do you compose that? Orange peels, do you compose that? Because you can compost it and use it as a manure for some of the things you grow. These are the type of things that we need to take individual actions. Let me give you one last one uh, that is also very, very important. This idea of thinking that we can make, use, and dispose things always, that's not necessarily true. That's not secular. Think in terms of a secular economy, which is simply make, use, reuse so that you keep recirculating it, so that you don't have to kill more trees or, you know, use fossil fuel to really generate the ingredients you need to make the things all over again. These are what I call individual responsible actions that we have to do. And it's a matter of lifestyle. And by the way, when you do it, it's actually very gratifying. You feel like you're making an impact. So I got to say, in my household, we are trying to teach my children, you know, sustainability, accountability, uh, we do recycle the banana peels and orange peels because my crops thank me all the time. Uh, I do have a raised garden and all that. And when I don't do something like leave the, you know, leave the lights on when I leave the room, and I don't turn them off. Both my kids come running. One of them, he's only one and a half, but he follows the other one and they go, daddy. And I go, what? And they tell me all the time, you know, the lights are on, the lights are on. So I've got little ecologists uh, keeping me accountable. Is there, you know, are you the, the accountability police in your home or is somebody looking after you? I think my kids will tell you that they look after me. You know what is interesting? For those of us, I call us for those people like me who are old men, the kids have a different view. This is becoming a way of life for them. So they are my accountability police. Not just recycling, do I do it religiously? And do I prevent things from leaking? You know, they are always on my case. So it doesn't matter how much I, I do at work. When I go home, it's very humbling to see my millennial kids, uh, you know, and Gen Zs teaching me more, and they are never satisfied. So one message I would say is, if you think about the next generation, and then the new one is the alpha generation, they will never be satisfied until we make sure that we are good stewards of the planet and good stewards of the uh, environment that we live. So we've gone, we've gone local, we've gone small. Let's go global. Let's say overall, what, what's the world doing to promote sustainability, to advertise sustainability and really bring it to us as individuals? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I can tell you 
the one good thing that happened to the world is creating the Sustainable Development Goals by the UN. They created what they call the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. And last, the 17th version of that is what they call, you know, collaboration. It doesn't matter what you do to prevent poverty, to preserve the environment, to help with agriculture, to prevent uh, poverty in around the world, to conserve the planet. It doesn't matter what you do. It requires collaboration. I think it's the most brilliant thing they've done. SDG 17, collaboration for impact. And that is one thing that is happening and it's now become what I call a blueprint for what we do to not just decarbonize the planet, but to create a just transition and enduring society. So the UNGC platforms for businesses to collaborate on their goals is very important. Over the last 10 years, um, significant increases in the number of businesses engaging in sustainability and setting targets. And today, let me also give you an example. McCormick has set targets for near term by 2030 to align with the 1.5 degree pre-industrial global warming by 2030. And uh, this plan has been validated by SBTI, which also is the critical organization that is validating this because these are science-based. And our net zero by 2050 is also being validated as I speak. Other companies are doing the same thing. So what am I saying? The UN creating these 17 SDGs has become a rallying point. So people are doing the same thing that are additive in their impact because we are all on this boat together. And so that's, in my opinion, how we need to drive this. Also, you see an increase in regulations related to sustainability. The Europeans may be a little bit ahead, but the U.S. is following suit. But what is important, it doesn't matter where you live. The younger generation, the Gen Alpha, the millennials, the Gen Zs, they are all thinking exactly the same. And thanks to social networks, they all communicate with each other on how we can do this and do it well. So if you could challenge any of these companies or even individuals to improve something, what would you say that would be? Wow. Climate. I mean, you don't need to look far. You know, look at the tornadoes that are happening, hurricanes that are happening, cyclones that are happening. And when I talk about cyclone, just so you know, people tell me, oh, yeah, it's like another tornado. No, it's not. It's like a tornado on steroids. You haven't seen anything like that. So, and for us, it's an existential threat as a business because we source from those areas that are going through this significant climate impact. Places like Madagascar, places like uh, Indonesia, you know, Vietnam, even in the U.S., in California, we search from there. Think about the things that are happening. The climate change is, to me, the biggest thing that we have to impact to ensure that we preserve this planet that we, we live in. I got to say, you know, I've never experienced air quality problems and, you know, visibility problems as we've experienced recently with, you know, the temperatures and the air quality problems from forest fires and, and whatnot. That's just something new to me. And it's amazing that my children have already lived through a pandemic. And now this, it's, it's something I never thought I would see in my time. Let me build on that. You make, you make a very good observation. And that means how do we do the things, you know, how do we go forward? One, simple things like reducing energy consumption or increasing energy efficiency, making sure using the LED bulbs that won't consume too much energy. More importantly, like McCormick is done, 
switching to uh, renewable energy. Just so you know, all our facilities in Maryland, including our corporate headquarters, and in New Jersey and in Dallas, are all on renewable energy. We partnered to build a solar farm in Northern Virginia that is powering some of the things we have in New Jersey and, and Maryland. And to me, that's the type of thing we need to do. And by the way, one other thing I will have to state is that sustainability is not just about saving the planet. It's about saving the planet and saving the bottom line. When you start using renewable energy, you find out you're going to save money while you know, saving the planet at the same time. In my household, we have geothermal. Our electricity savings in heating or cooling the house is at least 50%. We're saving money. We're doing the right thing for the planet that we all share. And last but not the least, this idea of reducing waste is very, very important. The era of make-use-dispose is over. Think about not wasting food. Think about doing things in portions that you can handle so that you don't waste, waste anything. And more importantly, businesses should also examine their supply chain, understand where there are greatest uh, impact that can work to reduce things. Example, what we're doing in regenerative agricultural practices. It's also allowing us to really reduce things that go into the growing the crops. And we're teaching farmers to do that. Remember, these farmers are mom and pops. We're actually helping finance and train them to do the right thing for the planet. That's why I say that the collective action is needed. And McCormick has set a net zero goal as a result for 2050. And we're on that journey. It's a journey, but we'll have to get on the train together. So how do we get others on the train? How do we get customers who are just beginning this journey to start? And, you know, where can they, where can they start to reach out for help in this? So let me talk in terms of business terms. So we have like suppliers and partners that give us. The first thing is to understand the, what I call materiality assessment of the issues that are impacting your business, the ones that have the biggest impact. Okay. You have to understand that once you understand that, then you start to create a time bound measurable sustainability goals to tackle the most material issues. Remember, you just can't do everything at once. You don't boil the ocean. So as I said, follow the money. You go with the most impactful things. You start to reduce it, and then you go to the rest of them. And as you go on this journey with what I call a concrete plan that is rooted on the materiality that's impacting your business, then you will start to see significant gains. And collectively, when we do that, you know, we can really make meaningful impact. Then the other thing I would say is you need to create a business case. I just gave you an example of a personal experience. I won't go into some of the savings we're also getting from McCormick Investment in Sustainable Infrastructure. But the point is you can actually save money by being sustainable. Think about this. You put a, a solar panel on your roof. It generates electricity. In some cases, enough for you to power your whole house and then put some into the grid. You know, utility companies will pay you for doing that. So overall, you're not just saving money, you're making money in some cases. And to me, that's very, very important. And the other thing you ask is, what are some of the easiest ways companies can be more sustainable? You know, start by understanding your impact, all right? There may be quick wins. For example, calculating your carbon footprint, are there quick wins to reduce it? That could save you money. Drive efficiencies through simple actions. As I said earlier, make sure your bulbs are LED lights, right? 
unplugging machinery when not in use. And of course, my biggest passion in investing in renewable energy. These are the kind of things that you can do. And to me, as you go on this journey, it will really be important to see that you are not just doing it yourself. There is something we, uh, our team just formed. It's called the Sustainability Hero, where you learn, you do, and you tell. Make sure you are telling others what you're doing in this regard. That's why I voluntarily shared what I'm doing with my energy, with creating geothermal that is saving me and my family money. So this idea of you know, learn, do, tell is important. Don't keep it to yourself because we're in this boat together. And together, we cannot solve these uh, sustainability challenges that we're facing as a, as, a, as a world, as a planet. So my question for this is, are there, social media obviously reaches a lot of people. And when you say, you know, learn, do, and tell, when I'm trying to do something or learn something, that's the first thing I do. I turn to social media, I turn to YouTube. Are you following anybody on social media that, you know, preaches this and helps with this that you can recommend? Absolutely. First of all, I would say follow one, one particular entity as you start to spread, and that is the United Nations Global Compact. If you follow them, you're going to see a lot more coming out of it. They are planning the Hunger Week in New York in the next uh, three weeks. Okay. A lot of people are going to be there. You're going to see a lot of things that you have. In there. I would say tune into their uh, site, uh, follow them. And you're going to be seeing a lot of people, individuals that I admire, a lot of them. Greta Thunberg is somebody I follow. That's a young lady I started following when she was uh, 15, turning 16. Uh, I first met her in Davos at the World Economic Forum when she talked about uh, what the world needs to do. The older generation, old men and, and women, of course, like, like old men like me. And she said, when we ask, uh, you know, the older folks, what, you know, they ask them what they need and what do they tell them, you know, what they are saying, they don't need anything from us. They need us to con consider this climate change as if the house is on fire and so that we can do things now. So that is very important to recognize that the planet is on fire if we don't do something and we can start doing something now, not waiting till tomorrow. So I feel a lot of people, but I think those two stand out. Great examples. In my job, I deal with the end user customer. I deal with social problems with, with their, between their computers and the person. So my focus is definitely on the, the social portion. Can you focus for me on the, you know, the social sustainability pillar that we discussed? Yes. When you talk about social sustainability, so you know, it focuses on people and communities and ensures that all members of the society have access to the resources and opportunities necessary for their well-being. And, you know, I'm going to put this in context for you. So when you look at people, well, you know, that's, that's a good starting point. For McCormick, we invest in our people, not just here. But how about our communities? And when I talk about communities, I want to define it in McCormick terms. It's communities where we live, communities where we work, and communities where we source. You may not be in the communities where we source, but they're extension of our family. And so for me, making sure that those communities thrive is really critical for our business to survive. If you want to build an enduring supply chain, you want to make sure that the farmers farming the crops, similar to when I grew up, have a future by having a, 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 a deploying sustainable practices 
ensuring that they make enough money to send their kids to school to eat and to do the right thing. You can't tell somebody that is hungry, oh, go plant a tree because you don't want to prevent deforestation. You'd be kidding me. But if you're doing these things and you set a standard, to me, that's that's a key for really making sure that we drive this to this uh, individual level. That's very, very, very important for part of it. The second thing is, you know, the human rights issues, you know, with another aspect of it, looking both internally for practices that are good and, of course, also looking at uh, uh, externally is very, very important because we are, again, we are in this together because the opportunities to do things for the well-being of everybody is important. And when I talk about human, human rights, I'm talking about no forced labor. All right? I'm talking about no animal labor we included there. You know? There is a reason the ecosystem is diverse between plants, animals, and humans. Right? So let's make sure we don't disrupt that. It's really very, very important. You cannot win if you address it as one country. Everyone, every country needs to be involved. So that's what I'm saying. The community, that's why I'm, I am emphasizing community, the community in Vietnam that is farming a, a black pepper is as important as the community in Maryland where we live, where the, our largest spice manufacturing plant is in Hunt Valley. So I want to make sure that we're looking out for those communities and our communities here, and of course our communities at work. They all work together in sync to preserve the future. And that's what I mean, the social aspect of this sustainability is equally critical. How can we, as a company, help our customers, or as any company, help our customers become more sustainable? You know, what ways can we encourage them to increase sustainability? Absolutely. And I will bunch in both consumers and customers. Okay? Okay. Because we have two big business segments. One is consumer. And one is, you know, B2B or flavor solutions, right? That's what we call it. It begins with, uh, a, you know, simply an education to both the consumers and the customers. Sometimes the consumers actually are even confused as to what exactly sustainability means. That's why I'm trying to make it personal so they can understand it. That, you know, it's about preserving what we have today and preserving the planet for the future generation so that they can enjoy the same things we've joined. So if you make it personal, people get it. I just cited some examples of telling them, oh, recycle this package. We just introduced our uh, new uh, red cap and that new bottle has 50% recycled content. Talk to them about that so they know that it is important to recycle so that we can generate new recycled content. We don't have to go dig up a bunch of petroleum and, you know, process it to chemical components before we start making the bottle. We can actually reuse what we have or repurpose it through recycling. That's very important. Now, you also look at what you put in your body. For us, healthy eating, okay? And now we have an aspect of McCormick called the McCormick Science Institute, which is just a gift that McCormick is giving to society. They do research on the effectiveness of herbs and spices in treating ailments and things like that, in preserving good health, in substituting salt, fat, and sugar with herbs and spices. In fact, in 2015, it was incorporated in the U.S. Dietary Guideline. So what I'm saying is, these are the type of things you can do to really drive the agenda 
with your customers. Turmeric, for instance, in its antioxidant properties, cinnamon, the same thing. And people don't recognize that the sustainable practices we're encouraging and teaching, like in the case of cinnamon, you don't harvest it until it matures. Otherwise, when you sc scrape the back of the cinnamon tree, by the way, most people don't know that cinnamon is a back of a tree. Even people that work for us, when you scrape the back of the cinnamon tree to regenerate, if you wait for it to mature before you harvest it, that's the type of journey that we're on. In that, I think that gives you a sense of what I think we're saying. And then if you live sustainably, you also save money. It's very important. And I just cited a couple of examples on that one. And I think the last thing is, I'm going to ask this question myself. What are we doing at McCormick to help? We've encapsulated that in response to that question. We've encapsulated that into what we call the Groom for Good framework. It's about sustainability, uh, sustainable agriculture, community resilience, making sure we have ethical, ethical supply chains, and women empowerment. Uh, and I tell you, this is an area where I have a little more passion than anything in this idea of women empowerment, because I wouldn't be here without my mom who was able to make money farming to send me to an elite all-boys school that changed the trajectory of my life. So it's important that we continue to do that. And that's what McCormick is doing in our Grown for Good framework. And then when we talk about why do we do this, think of it. Women constitute, in, depending on the country, about 50% or more. Of, of the population. Having them farming and doing things in those communities will actually help them bring up healthy children that will impact the world positively. And of course, you know what McCormick is also doing in those communities is building schools like we're doing in Madagascar. It's also like uh, uh, helping women in um, Indonesia with nursery, where the, the story I remember is this lady uh, called uh, uh, Caroliana. And her story is unique. She not only went to a training that McCormick organized, she also, after she went through that training, started her own business. She's now bringing other women in the village to participate. That's the spirit that I was talking. Never leave anyone behind on this journey. And they are thriving as a community. I love the tagging back or the, the reaching back to your mother and your childhood and, and just that connection that you have. I think your story is just incredible and, and so important for people to understand, you know, why they need to hear what we're saying. They need to hear what you're doing. It's important on all those aspects. Normally, this is the part of the podcast where we start to wrap things up. Before I get to that, is there anything else you want to cover more, you want to talk about again, add on to? No, I think, I think I've uh, highlighted it. If you ask me, the only thing I would say is that it's good for people to read our purposely performance uh, report for my comic. You can hear other things that I didn't cover, like uh, we're planning a net zero black pepper farm. That's the first of its kind. So think about that. Net zero, meaning it won't be taking too much from the planet, but you're giving us the black pepper that we need. But I think our Proposedly performance report, we give people a, a good reading of what we're doing. We're doing very many things that have meaningful impact. All right, let's get to the wrap up. Let's do our key takeaways. What are maybe two, three things or basically anything you can think of that you really want to drive home for people about sustainability? One, it is all about collaboration to make an impact. So collaboration is critical. Two. It is not about perfection. 
it is about everyone making an effort to move all of us forward because we are in this boat together. Never leave anyone behind. Last but not the least, something about learning and telling. Remember I talked about that story. Is uh, As you learn this, make sure you're sharing it. Make sure you're telling it. Social media, these kids love it because they are practicing it. Give you an example. In three weeks, I'm going to be heading to kids' farm here in Baltimore. These are kids in middle school and high school. Our chef, is our chef, McCormick chef, is helping them grow things and helping them eat healthy by using those things that they grow to really cook. I'm going to be joining the chefs here to do that. Our chef, uh, Len King, is really a very committed person in that regard. And I'm going to be joining them. Why am I doing that? It's really to make sure you reinforce what these children are doing. And by the same token, they will take it home. They will reinforce it with their friends. And to me, this collective impact is a significant way to go. So it's about learning and sharing as we go on this journey. Normally at the end of our podcast, I would ask our special guest a few surprise questions that he wasn't ready for or ready to go with. But this time in lieu of that, I I think the topic is just so important and so serious that I'm just going to kind of close this out with the quotes from the beginning of our podcast and kind of the middle that Michael said. And the first one being, let's meet the need of the present generation without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. That is the definition of sustainability. And while thinking about that, also thinking, what are you doing to help? That's it for McCormick's Flavor University podcast. I'm Corey Doucette, and I'd like to thank our special guest, Michael Okorafor, for joining us today. Thanks for listening. And until next time, the flavor of McCormick is the flavor of life. So go out and taste it. <laughs>